Hey soulmates, it is Beck. We are going live for another episode of the Sustainable Speaker Series. And as you can hear, I have been quite sick um, and off work for a couple of weeks. So it's actually my first day back in the office. Um, I've been unfortunately hit with a pretty bad case of COVID. So I sound pretty sick still, but I am feeling much better. Um, so bear with the voice today. I sound a little bit crackly and croaky, but I know that Emma from It's After Eight, who I'm going to be interviewing for today's episode, will not mind. I have pre-warned her. She'll be doing most of the talking, um, but I'm so excited. Today's episode is all about curated, sustainable fashion in a high-end boutique you know, store. And, and Emma does such an incredible job at basically... Um, being an amazing thought leader of how to be more mindful when it comes to actually holding that space in the fashion industry and curating sustainable, incredible, high-quality brands in her environment, as well as some pre-loved as well. And it's just looking at fashion in a much more authentic and wholesome, sustainable manner. Um, so I'm going to get Emma to join us one second. We'll just invite her in. Any second. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm I'm all right, despite how I sound. <laughs> Can you hear me? Okay, I don't have my earphones in. Is this okay? You are perfect. You're perfect. Thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. Um, I'm so excited to get to talk to you properly, but you are going to have to do most of the talking today. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Beautiful, kind words. In your oh, I feel like I can't even do it justice today, but I'm going to let you tell everyone your incredible story and share with us a little bit about your store and everything that you've been doing to be such an amazing influence of sustainability in your industry, because I think that's what more retailers need to be doing. And this is an amazing conversation to be having. So... For those of you that don't know, can you share with us a little bit about yourself, your amazing store, and what you've been trying to achieve since you started? Yeah, sure. Um, so I think I guess I, it would be best to start from the very beginning. Um, I moved to Tasmania six years ago with my husband. I'm a Melbourne girl. And I was surprised at the kind of lack of shopping um, available here, like in-person shopping. There's a couple of stores, but... Um, yeah, I found it really hard to shop for myself. And so there, you know, that created one idea for me. And then Tasmania is like the green state or the green, you know, um, yeah, state of, of Australia. And so um, sustainability, there's lots of conversation down here about, about that. And so, and there wasn't anyone doing sustainable fashion well or at all down here. I was doing a home renovation with Flax Studio and that's the kind, that's actually where it all started for me because I was buying forever pieces for my home. Whereas in my early twenties, um, you know, I'd shop at Ikea and I, I, I felt like I was living this life of buy and throw away. And I think that translated into my, how I dressed as well. Yeah. So I had this opportunity to buy some, I was buying some forever pieces for my home um, and some vintage pieces. And I just saw how all those layers came together and it really changed my mindset about fashion as well. And that's what started the idea of After Eight. Um, yeah, to, can to buy. You tell me, can you tell me about work. the name? Yeah, after eight. Yeah, so we yeah. did. Um, uh, from just my group of friends, 
um, and their circle of friends. And I asked the women, what time do they shop? If they're doing any online shopping, what time do they shop? And they all said after eight. So just the fact that people, some people think that we are after eight is a shop selling clothes for after eight. It's really time that women slow down, whether you have kids or not. If you, you know, you put your, you feed your pets and you've had your dinner and you put your laptop, you know, you work away and you can start consuming for yourself. And so that's where it all started. And we, we originally started as an online store, but there was a little after eight size gap here in Hobart to have a boutique. And so I'm very fortunate to have opened the doors of our flagship showroom uh, November last year, October, November. Um, and we have been welcomed into the Hobart community with open arms. It's been amazing. I mean, it's so true though. Like, you know, we often do think when you generally mention Hobart or Tasmania, you do generally think sustainability. Like it's just ingrained within us that they're a little bit more conscious when it comes to their environment and supporting the environment. So I, I can imagine having that influence you so much. And it's so funny how you said, you know, in your early 20s, you spend to throw away and then you grow up a little bit immature and you go, okay, forever pieces. But it's, it's really what I want to instill in the mindset of anyone listening or anyone that's part of the Solnet community is the message we're always trying to get across is conscious consumerism. Yeah. Can you take one extra minute in your day to think, like to actually think before yeah. you spend and you vote with your dollar? And I love that you have created an environment where I don't have to think. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, yeah. we've taken thinking out of it for you. So you can shop knowing that we've made, we've done all the hard work and your decision is going to be wise no matter what you buy. Right? Um, and so we do all the interview and we ask all the tough questions of the brands and we continue to do that every season. Um, some brands change manufacturers and that's totally fine, but we just want to make sure that we're checking all the credibility off. Um, so our customers know that they are shopping wisely with after eight. Talk us through Cause like when you and I first, um, chatted like that's what we got really excited about like it was that connection point where we're both quite passionate about that whole backstory in the process so share a little bit about you know how does that work like how do you curate how do you vet how do you like what process do you take your brands through because I think that's the piece of information that I want consumers to know like how much hard work goes into yeah. making it a thoughtless process for them yeah, sure. So the process we go through is, um, I mean, I have my finger on the pulse with all things fashion. And so I'm constantly consuming the best of like best practice in sustainability. Um, and so I guess I start with, um, you know, research as to who's doing what. There's new brands always coming into the market. Um, just most recently, we launched Bear Park, who's this incredible designer made in Australia, Australian owned company. Um, using the most luxurious fabrics and these pieces are going to be in your wardrobe forever. And that came on my radar last year. But um, for the research part of things, we have a survey that we send out to the designers or their um, wholesale agents um, who fill out the survey and we ask tough questions like, um, if they are made in China, can we have a look at the certification to make sure you are paying your workers fairly and that you are your workplace is safe? Um, and where their fabrics come from. Are they using anything particular per season? You know, they might be using some dead stock fabric or some upcycled fabrics that we like to be able to share with our community. So it's a interview process every single season that we go through. 
Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then we know that the designers are, um, you know, ticking all the boxes in terms of what we want for sustainability for our, our pieces here at After Eight. Have you ever had an experience where you're, you're, going, you're taking them through that process and they actually don't pass? Like, how confronting is that? What, what, how do you actually have that conversation and say, look, I'm so sorry, but... Yeah, we have had a few brands want to work with us and then their application has been quite wishy-washy. And so as much as, you know, in me, like I loved the brands and I wanted it to work, but I just had to be true to our values um, and that of our customers. You know, they rely on us to be honest and truthful. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it. I mean, I, I felt... Um, I guess initially just a bit upset that we couldn't actually bring them on board. Um, but, you know, we continue the conversation and once they do make those better sustainable choices, um, then sure, you know, we're, we're the first person that hopefully they'll reach out to again. Uh, but I think the term greenwashing we've all heard, um, that's alive and well in yeah. the fashion industry. Um, and even so... Some of the smaller designers don't even know that they're doing it though. Like it's that lack of understanding from a manufacturing perspective of oh you just trust the factory because you're ordering and that's it it's as close yes yeah i mean i think at the crux of it new fashion isn't sustainable right pre-loved is you know and, and that circular fashion model which is why we have introduced that here at after eight but really new fashion isn't and so pulling out the best practice of the des designers who are doing best in practice um, that's what we have cultivated here at After Eight. And so we work with only a handful of designers that we deem to be doing the best in business, really, um, across Australia and international. It's, it's amazing that you brought, like you, you mentioned the pre-loved aspects, and I think it, it has to be the direction that we take things in. I mean, did you, did you launch with that from the beginning or was that, that came a little bit later? And, and yeah. what was it? Came this year actually, and yeah. the idea behind it was because I recognise that so there's a few girls who work on the shop floor with me, and we've got a work wardrobe, so we wear the current season pieces, and every season they change, and then all of a sudden there was like a rack of clothes that we weren't able to wear anymore, and that didn't really sit very well with me. And I thought, what happens if we could sell them back, and that's at a lower price point for the consumers that um, you know the customers that can't necessarily afford things full price we now have available to buy pre-loved and they're you know 60 to 70 percent off we've worn them on the showroom floor or we've had them for a photo shoot or we've lent them to influencers um, it was just a way to recycle pieces that uh, from after eight that had been loved and then we launched with that and then we launched a um, consignment model where customers can um, submit some pieces whether they're old after eight pieces or just something that they found in their wardrobe um, and we sell them um, at a small commission yeah so that's it's taken off you know we're doing two to three orders of pre-loved a week which has really taken me by surprise and it's only been we've, I think we're not even six months in do you think it might flip the whole model? <laughs> I mean I I personally love the fact that we're not sitting on stock that, well, you know, the pieces that we're worn and we're just not discarding them per se. But, um, yeah, the fact that we, I want the girls to be wearing and myself even to be wearing new season stuff just so we can show customers how we style the pieces and that helps them get some ideas from their own personal wardrobes. Um, yeah, it just made me, um, it makes me very happy that I know those pieces aren't just sitting there, you know, 
Exactly. And I mean, look, the, the fashion industry is so deeply complicated. And as you said, it's very difficult for new designers or new fashion to be sustainable. There's just so many variables. But I can imagine that, you know, someone as yourself who's passionate about fashion, who loves style, you've now dived into the world of sustainability. Like, how has that impacted the rest of your lifestyle? Like, how do you carry this mm. concept? sustainability throughout because it is complex and I you know we're talking about we're in plastic free July right now and this week's theme is about simple swaps and how we can as individuals make really simple little swaps and solutions in our everyday lives and you know if we talk about fashion pre-loved is a really good one you know yep. coming to your local store and working with some a retailer like yourself to find those amazing swaps and solutions, but how, how else has sustainability impacted your life? Yeah, I think um, obviously I mentioned earlier about, about the buying furniture that is going to last a lifetime now, not fashion piece, not fashion furniture. So that was definitely one big, big piece for me. Um, and then, yeah, and I love, I love everything that's in my home now, and I don't actually feel like I need to buy anything else, which is really transformative thinking. Um, so I try to bring my lunch to work almost every single day I make it myself. Like it's a bit daggy, but um, for multiple reasons, health and also like the fact that I can recycle my containers and things like that. Um, I have not bought a plastic water bottle in, I don't remember how long I carry a, a water bottle with me. I'm, a, I'm, I, um, I'm quite sporty. So my, although they're plastic, um, you know, they sometimes go my cycling um, in my bike. They're like a cycling bidden or something like that. I, I, um, yeah, I constantly have a water bottle with me, same as uh, reusable coffee cups. And then at After Eight specifically, we have, surprisingly, there's still a lot of plastic in fashion, um, which is bombing. <laughs> and uh, coat hangers, like disposable coat hangers. And so I recycle all of those things. I take my coat hangers to my local dry cleaner. I um, recycle That's a, all the... That's yeah. such a good idea, that yeah. coat I was um, I was talking to another incredible woman um, not so long ago who also has a, a swimwear label and she was saying how when she first placed her order from the factory they delivered every single you know cosy set in plastic and she was so upset and she was so devastated by this experience because she specifically wanted to be a plastic free business that she collected all the plastic and then sent it back to the factory. <laughs> <laughs> I know I, that has like that's been the most surprising thing I think yeah. in like yeah there's a, some brands that are doing really well in terms of um, using um, biodegradable um, little sleeves that they put their clothes in or paper um, but yeah there's still quite a bit of plastic and I mean how do you navigate that as a retailer because it's you're the one working with these brands who then work with their suppliers like you have very little control over that you know, aspect of the chain. So what, what do you do? How do you work around that? Uh, I mean, sometimes brands to nominate how you want things to be delivered. So I will always nominate for no coat hangers if they allow that. And then also to do bulk packaging. So um, put one plastic sleeve around five jackets yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um, and some brands do allow that. But yeah. otherwise, yeah. And so, you know, I think that's the only downfall of not having your own brand. And I'm, you know, at the beholden to all these other designers, I kind of have to, um, yeah, do what, you know, let it go, I guess, the plastic thing. 
I think it's more about being the instigator of curiosity. Like it is your responsibility then to have the awareness to ask the question at least. Yeah. So thank you. Off there, off designers are very open to feedback. Feedback, exactly. And I think that's the beautiful lesson that we can share to anyone else who's in a position like yours, whether you're, a, you know, a wholesale stock or a store, a homeware store, a gift store, a fashion store, whatever it is, you actually can make changes. You have to talk yeah. to buyers and ask questions. I think, I think that's a really important message. Yes. Yeah. Curiosity. I love that word. Um, it is very important, I think, in business and in life, you know, to ask all those tough questions. Um, and you can, like you said, make change. I think it's, um, you just have to be willing to put your hand up. Exactly. I mean, yeah. what, what has it been like for you? Like, what are the big lessons that you've learned? Like you've been doing this for a little bit of time, you know, you've, you've moved from Melbourne <laughs> to Hobart this incredible experience, you're walking into this world of sustainability. What, what are the, your biggest takeaways? And I think what's the best advice that you can give to anybody in the position you're in, especially in fashion? Yeah, so interestingly, um, my biggest takeaways in fashion, because I don't have a fashion background. Like, yeah, I, I didn't say that at the start, but I've only really been in this industry for 18 months or two. I've got a comms and marketing background in freight and in um, banking. So, but I've got a love, a huge passion for fashion. And so this is like a, you know, a passion project that's turned into like a, a life lifestyle for me. And I absolutely love it. But one thing I have um, been surprised at is like dead stock. And what do you do with that? Yeah. It's the reality in fashion. And then I was also, I had a belief that the clothes should cost how much they cost. And so I didn't go on sale at all for the first 18 months. Mm. There was a, I mean, I respect the designers and the work that they do. And so that's why I had that thinking. And sure, I think there is something in that, but then there's a whole group of customers that can't necessarily shop it after eight full price. And I, I wasn't connecting with them. And yeah. so we on sale and we do we do so and we probably will have an archive sale once a year or something like that and just make it meaningful not like yeah flash sales or I don't, I don't really like the idea of that so yeah I was naive I guess that was one le lesson the naivety around um yeah what to do with end of season stuff um I've also learned that you know people do care about what goes on their back and they are curious about where their clothes are made I have people coming in here and asking some really difficult questions. Um, How you do know, you cope with that? Because, you know, we're, we're in a where customers know everything. Everything yeah. is a Google away. And if you're claiming sustainability or if you're claiming anything, as, as, as soon as you claim something, that's it. The experts arrive. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. How do you navigate that experience? Because it is Hobart and it is quite a sustainable place to live. And I think, you know, you're, you're doing something so incredible and so important, but I can imagine, you know, people are still going to push, you know, the, the boundaries and want to know. So how transparent are you with, with the customers in that experience? Absolutely. 100% transparent. And I think the only way to be truthfulness over anything else. And even if they are made in China, like that's fine. Yeah. 
they're still human beings and they're still making a living. As long as they're making a living in the most sustainable and ethical way, um, that is perfect, right? Um, and so I'm just honest with our customers. And if, if that doesn't align with their values, that's also fine with me. We do have Australian-made clothes. We have clothes that are made in New Zealand. We have clothes, um, you know, we've got a beautiful denim brand, Redund, who uses either vintage Levi's or the rest of the denim is made in LA. So A, I know everything there is to know about the product. You have to, right? If you're going to claim, like you said, yeah, yeah. If you're going to claim something, you have to, um, you know, be able to speak intelligently to each brand. Um, so I spend a lot of time research, um, looking at the fabrication and knowing deeply about each brand and what their values are and what they stand for. Um, and then also, yeah, just, just being transparent. That's all you can be. And I think that is what basically cements the concept of sustainability. Like sustainability is to be transparent and it is having an innate awareness that, you know, you have to really consider so many layers and so many aspects of what sustainability means and what ethics actually mean in this particular industry. And again, I just think I wish more retailers had and shared the same values as you did because it's such a ripple effect to remove the concept of thinking because you're doing all that hard work to ensure that it is honestly and transparently sustainably curated brands and ethical brands the consumer's consumption is already better yeah. like they can go and have fun and purchase and spend money but at least if it's in your store you're already a step ahead and we're already doing something better for the environment so you know it's yeah we just need more of you yeah. I think just going back to that, um, what you asked before about another learning for me was like, I think the consumers are maybe not as far advanced as in terms of their thinking around sustainable fashion and the cost per the cost of the garment versus fast fashion. Sometimes like I, I think that I probably assumed a few things in the beginning when you should never assume anything um, about uh, you know, about how far advanced yeah, customers were in terms of their sustainability like fashion journey. Um, and it's my role, I guess, as a, um, an advocate in this space to educate them. Yeah. Cause I think like, that's what's it's, it really stresses me out and it upsets me the world of fast fashion. Like I can't cope with it because for me, like I'm a, I'm a real minimalist. I have like three outfits. I'm an outfit repeater. I have a yeah. uniform work it's like the same thing I, you know like I can't be bothered but the world of these like fast mass retailers that are pumping out clothes just absolutely thoughtlessly pumping it out and it costs four dollars for a skirt you know twelve dollars for a blouse whatever it is jeans that are so cheap and then you walk into a thoughtful curated ethical store like yourself and maybe the price tag is a little bit higher and customers argue with you they're like oh but I can get the same thing for $12 it's like but it's not the same thing <laughs> I mean they say you know do you have you ever thought about where that how that's made yeah and who and how much they're being paid yeah you know I just sometimes poke and prod as well and you also back to the you know reflect back it's a mirror right you just and if they're comfortable with wearing that and comfortable with the ethics behind it then that's you know each to their own there's a group for, I think, everybody. But 
fast fashion is definitely slowing down. I think in the EU they have banned, we did an article about it, we've got this new fashion conversation piece we launch, we launch every fortnight, um, just sharing the good and the bad of the fashion industry with no bias whatsoever. We just send out information about what's happening. And, um, yeah, the EU had, I think it was by 2025 or 2026 that fast fashion will be eradicated. Do you believe that? Oh, I mean, I think it would be very difficult. Like, what are the big fashion houses going to do? I mean, can we name names? What on okay. earth Zara do? Yeah, but that's model will yeah. be broken. Mango and H and M and Zara and Uniqlo. Like, what? Where are they going? They're not going anywhere. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so either. So maybe that's even more, you know, greenwashing to a certain extent. Or they, you know, they claim sustainability. They might have a sustainable line. And that's you know, one of the most interesting things I find about all of this is that these brands can claim sustainability, but really at the crux of it, their business is not sustainable. We have three collections per year. Um, I, you know, I do have customers coming in every couple of weeks and they're like, have you got anything new? It's like, no. <laughs> you know, we just do the seasonal drops. That's it. You know, um, I mean, but- how do you? I mean, it's such a big topic. It's such a big controversial topic. But how do you feel about those sustainable lines? Because I know how I (laughs) right. Is that controversial? Um, Yeah, no. That well, they're not (laughs) because they're made by the houses that aren't sustainable. Like if like you just dig dig a little bit deeper and um, yeah, I don't think so. Like. You know, I, I speak to so many incredible brands and influencers and thought leaders on this topic in the fashion industry because it is the most unsustainable, one of the most unsustainable globally. And, like, is what do we need to do to infiltrate this space for it to actually slow down? Like, well, what- uh, my after eight is buy once, buy well. So buy less. Buy less. Yeah, definitely. And buy what you need, only what you need. And if you're buying well, and this goes back to your point before about the $4 skirt versus the 2 to $300 skirt, they're made differently. They really are. The quality of the fabric is different. So um, they will last longer in your wardrobe. And that's the, you know, that's the place where we want to be at. We want you know, I love nothing more than when someone says to me, where did you get that from? And I'm like, oh, I've had this for 10 years or five years or it makes me so happy. It's the um, best. Exactly. Uh, yeah. so well, we, in yeah. a really practical sense, like just, just really good advice, really practical advice. Like if somebody was to go out and go, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready for my staple yep. base wardrobe. I need the foundations, like mm-hmm. talk through it as somebody who lives does this for a living like how do you curate the base of a sustainable wardrobe like what do I need to be thinking about and how should I be shopping so I think a good look it depends on your style if I'm honest but um so but I think like broadly you will need a good trouser and a good pair of jeans if you're a trouser person or a good skirt or dress if that's your preference um a blazer or a coat something that you can just throw on over everything because a blazer will just elevate every single outfit. And, you know, Bear Park makes these amazing, you know, the 100% wool blazers um, that will literally last in your wardrobe forever. And there's collarless styles, there's double-breasted, you know, there's a style for everybody, I think, with a blazer. So I'll do, um, yeah, denim pan or a skirt, a blazer, a good white tee. And Katow, a New Zealand brand, do an amazing 
organic fair trade cotton tea for $69. They're just, and they're beautiful quality and thickness and they're lovely. Um, so white tea, um, what else would you mean? I'm just looking around the shop. Um, and then you can either, show it. <laughs> I know I should have got a rack ready behind me, a silk shirt or a, a, just like a cotton shirt. I think just wardrobe essentials that you can interchange. That's the actual, I mean, you, you would know because you wear, you've got three or four outfits, like things that you can literally wear um, with different things to make them look slightly different. Yeah. It's, it's about um, just connecting to your, obviously your style, but you're so right. Like I, I think about myself, it's literally like I have a pair of like tights, some kind of camisole and a blazer. And that's yeah. pretty much my nine to five every day. And I can repurpose all three pieces in a million different ways. Yeah. Like my cami can fit in with like a skirt with heels or with boots or with sneakers. Tights can be active wear. They can be <laughs> street yeah. cap. Blazer can dress up, dress down. And I think it's just about realizing that you don't need an abundance of the same looking stuff. You just need a few good quality pieces that you can mix and match and connect and that's your staple. That's your, that's your yep. essence. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. So just buying those quality, I think, yeah, quality investment pieces that you, and that's the other thing I think is um, when you spend a little bit more um, and buy those investment pieces, even if you do end up buying them on sale, if that's your price point, um, that you love them harder and you yep. care for them because you've but, spent time doing it. Exactly. But also, be really realistic and pragmatic. If you spend, let's say, an average cheap shirt, you know, or something costs you like 20 bucks, right? Something like that. You'll have to replace that in six months' time. Correct. Or three months' time if it's yeah. really crappy. <laughs> if it's That's 12. Crappy. Like the mindset is that you do that. Yeah. You, you wear like, it three months, wash you, it. Looks like to throw it away. Yeah. And then you throw it away. But then add that money up. Over time, yeah. You've already just bought the high quality one that you never have to throw out and you yes. spent. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And that's yep. what people change. I, I, I um, came to that around shoe wear. I bought this like gold pair of like Gucci's, maybe, I don't know. They're like a little strappy sandal. And my youth, I would buy the tone, like I shouldn't call her brands, lots of, you know, $100 shoes, right? And I'd have six pairs of tan sandals. Whereas yep. then I a little bit more and I bought this one pair of shoes and I still have them today and they're still my summer sandal and I don't have the five other pairs of tan shoes I just got this one that I love really hard I think we have the same pair <laughs> <laughs> how good are they but it's true like if you want to talk about shoes I have three pairs yeah like like my sneakers that last me like a decade and everybody tells me to throw away and I can't <laughs> um, <laughs> like one heel and one boot and that's it yeah perfect that's yeah. And I think it's just about having these, like, I know they sound like mundane conversations, but it's the conversation that needs to be had. It's like, you don't need to like buy a million new things to be trending or to be relevant in the fashion industry. There are so many timeless ways to be expressive and stand out and represent yourself and your personality in fashion without having to purchase in a new wardrobe every six weeks. Like it, it, it's about changing the, the mentality of no one's really looking at you, but you, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
absolutely. And I think I think that well-fitting clothes as well. Like if you if you buy things that actually fit your body, and you work with a stylist or you work with um, yeah a designer that you know you know sits on your body really well, um, then you're less likely to want to buy more of other things when you can they hero pieces in your wardrobe that you know you can put on and feel great. And because fashion doesn't have to buy new on-trend pieces to, yeah, like you said, look trending. It's actually about how the garment sits on your body and how it makes you feel. And that then presents into the world more confidence and, um, yeah. And I think, and then it just comes back to that secular concept of then go and repurpose it, like go and put it on consignment and let somebody else love it if you're finished or tailor it. Like if things don't fit you anymore, go and seek your local tailor who probably has a world of suggestions and experience that could alter this piece to make it something completely different and interesting, especially if it's high quality. So there's so many wonderful solutions. And I think that's why it's so great. A store like yours has the option, you know, to actually come in and put it on consignment or, you know, reinvest in somebody else's, you know, outfit that they're finished, but is brand new for you. So I, I think that's very special. Thank you. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Thank you. Um, speaking of this, like wire cell blazer from the eighties came in, and like it's in such beautiful quality. Um, so you know, these are the types of pieces. You know, this is an older lady who just found this in her um, found it in the back of her wardrobe and wasn't getting any love from it and um, wanted someone else to get the same feel as she did um, back when she bought it. Um, and that's so special. And it comes with a story and so much experience. And it's just so beautiful to then let that live on. Um, and they're one of a kind. Like, you can't get these pieces elsewhere. Exactly. Which is even better. I mean, so there's so much goodness in all of this. And I think just before we sort of wrap up, is, is there anything that you want to let listeners sort of walk away with and just be influenced by, you know, everything that you've experienced in, in this last little time running this incredible school. I think if I, if I, any wisdom I was to, were to share would be about like buying once and buying well, it is truly a, um, the best way to invest in your wardrobe that is, um, you know, that ensures that it will stand the test of time. Um, and, yeah, either shop at places that do the thinking for you or, you know, if you're starting your sustainability journey or, um, you know, spend the time and research the brands. And a lot of designers are very open to conversation as well. And so, you know, slide into their DMs. They're very happy to to talk to you as we are at After 8 um, on size and fit as well as the sustainability aspect. Um, but I think, yeah, going back to what you said, ask the curious questions. Um, and it's there's something in some empowerment in knowing where your pieces came from and, and, you know, the values that you're holding on your back, essentially. There is something in that. I think that's beautifully said. I, I think to sort of just add to the little cherry on top, like imagine how incredible you feel as a consumer that you've gone to all this effort and energy to match your values mm. to then find that piece that ticks those boxes. You're going to love it. You're going to take care of it. It's going to last so much longer. And then when you're done with it, you sell it back on consignment. And that's really taking the fashion industry towards a more secular economy. So I think 
all your wisdom is so phenomenal. And I hope somebody listens to this and changes their mindset on their fashion and their wardrobe style. But you're amazing. I adore what you're doing. And I can come and visit you very soon. <laughs> Please do. I'd love that. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I absolutely just loved chatting with you today. Thank you so much. And we'll definitely catch up soon. Thank Sounds you. great. Feel better Bye. soon. Bye. Thanks.